begins in Remedy, a small town of about 500 situated in the northeast quadrant of the continent of Constance. It's dawn on the day of the annual Harvestide Holiday Festival, when citizens across the land celebrate the autumnal season with feasts, gifts, music, games, drinks for the grown-ups, costumes for the kids, and tributes to the overgod of feast. Remedy has spent all week preparing, and though most of the town is still asleep at this early hour, there is still excitement in the air. Those that are awake are out in the streets, going over checklists and making final preparations for the all-day festival. A large wooden stage has been erected in the center of the town square, decorated with banners and streamers of golds, browns, and oranges. Down each of the four main directional roads leading out from the square, citizens have set up long tables for food, small race platforms for performances and games, and stalls for local and traveling artisans to peddle their wares, distribute information, paint faces, or any number of celebratory activities. With the sun just peeking over the horizon, a group of volunteers are milling about on the southern main road, setting up tablecloths and hammering nails into the last few stalls. They glance up to see an early arriving outsider approaching them. David, what do they see? They see a four-foot-tall metal contraption that seems to be walking on its own two feet, and it's not walking, like, with a lot of finesse. It kind of seems like a comical sidekick kind of a walk and you can't really tell what direction it's looking at because it doesn't have eyes or an ears or a mouth it has a glass dome that fits over what looks like some kind of central processing unit of some kind so it's just kind of meandering down the path hoping to get to its destination okay a stout dwarven man with a bald head and a short gray beard approaches you He's holding a clipboard and seems to be supervising this area's activities. He greets you with a smile, but he's not quite sure where to look to look you in the eye. As soon as I get within a foot of him, I stop immediately and shout, Hello. I wait for a response. He was about, his mouth was open about to talk when he did that, so he kind of stops and goes, Oh! Hello. Hello. Well, hello there, friend. Hello. Have you been ordered here to help with today's festivities? Greetings. I am a variance Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexo Transceiver Unit, uh-huh. model number XFCED001, oh. but you can okay. call me Val for short. Okay. It's great to meet you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, well, hello. It's, it's nice to meet you too. Va- Val? But Val. Greetings. I am a variance Alpha yes, Psionic okay. Altonian Lexo Transceiver <laughs> Unit, model number XFCED001, right, you... but you can call me Val for short. Val. Okay, yeah, okay. It's great to meet you. Well, hello, Val, then. Uh, what, what can I do how for you? How can I help you today? Uh, that's my question for you. Uh, how can I how help, can you, I help today? you today? You can help me by answering my hello. question. What can I do for you today? Uh, my friend, are you here to, to help us move the stages around? Have you been ordered here? or? Sure thing. Great. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, clearly this person that uh, this machine is speaking with, the machine is just kind of short. So... Angled, not you can't tell that it's looking up, but only by the fact that it's if if they were shoulders, they would be sort of slightly gestured backwards, so it's like tilting upward, as if waiting for a response. Hello. Yes, I think we've covered the hello. 
Well, my name is Jolliver, and I'm not sure. <laughs> Did someone say something? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is Jolliver, and I. Am, where were you supposed to be assigned? Don't worry, you can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. Well, what do you know? Me too. So am I. How can I help you today? Yes, that's what we're trying to establish. <laughs> Are you holding anything or? Uh, no, the metal machine in front of him. You can't tell. There are compartments that may or may not open on their own. So it has two legs. It has two arms with opposable, what could be fingers, I guess, on round metal orbs that would be hands. There is, it's distinctly metal and also made of very smooth glass-like finish on certain parts. So it doesn't look like a like a printing press or any kind of like typical gears and and anything like that. It's it's very odd looking. But I mean, do you have any anything in your hands right now? Any gear right now? Or... Right now, there is nothing that's in my hands. But there are like sort of lines built into the the frame of the structure that could potentially be compartments. So I have things with me. You can't see them. My my hands are open. So you're not handing this guy anything. No. Okay. Well, should I should I, should I hand him one of one of my things? It's your fucking character. I don't know. So, after an awkward pause, of just there's a lot of those. Each other, yeah. Suddenly, you see a compartment kind of pop open from the front. He just, says, "Ooh!" Just goes, Chunk. and then the hand kind of goes up and and over. I think of it as like a kangaroo pouch, where it'd be. So, the, this this machine reaches up and into the pouch, pulls out a piece of paper. And gestures it at him and says, Hello. Hello. He takes the paper. The paper is a flyer, uh, an advertisement for a club in a different land called Discotech. <laughs> it is a Discotech club, but it is uh, Disco and then T-E-C-H. And on the flyer, you see a, an image that looks like it was printed out from a dot matrix printer. A lot of a lot of things that you would see in this world obviously would be either drawn by hand or whatnot. So this is sort of similar. It's like parchment, but instead of you know charcoal drawing or pencil drawing, it just looks like it's been crudely printed out by an '80s dot matrix printer. And by doing that, there's an image of what looks like the inside of a dance club with a bunch of little robots. Some of them on wheels, some of them on with wings, and there's like a laser light show that's happening. And then there's a DJ at the top of the picture. So this is an advertisement. The reason why this machine is here at the festival is to spread the word and try to see if we can get more patrons to come to this club called the Discotech. <laughs> to spread the good word. You're flyering. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Love. So Sorry. as I pull out a flyer and I hand it or sort of gesture it to be taken by this this person, I Jolliver. say, Jolliver, I say, Let's get this party started. And as that music plays from somewhere within this machine, it sort of bounces up and down as if it's kind of grooving to the music. Great. <laughs> Jolliver looks over your flyer and then kind of looks over the paper at you bouncing and then back to the flyer and goes, mm -hmm. are you here to advertise? Don't worry. You can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. 
Okay. And then one more time. Hello. It turns 20 degrees away from the person. That's not to, to say that the front of, like, the face turned, because there is no face. But this machine turns 20 degrees, and it just starts walking away again to the next person it sees. Uh, okay, well, there's not a lot of people out in the street, because we said it is dawn, and it's just a few volunteers. So Jolliver kind of chases after you a bit and goes, uh, well, I, our booths, our booths are already all set up. I'm not sure if we have room for you, little one. The machine stops, turns around and goes, sure thing. And then just, it's just sort of pause, just sort of waiting for either a next command or a next question, just completely silently standing there. Jolliver kind of looks at this and he's thinking and he goes, well, you did say you were friendly and approachable. Hmm. I suppose we can combine the cupcake stand and the muffin stand. I mean, Cronar and Steve are friends already anyway. Sure thing. All right, I'll move them over. We'll put you in the very last stand in the far row. How's that sound? Sure thing. All right, I guess you can... Sure thing. Go ahead over there and set up. Sure thing. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of tact in conversation. From this machine. He goes, oh, but wait, did you bring a gift? Oh, dear. No, thank you. No, 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 I'm not offering you a gift. I'm saying, did you bring a gift for the gift exchange? Oh, my goodness. Do you know about the harvest time? The machine kind of starts rattling as if it were nervous. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Do you know about the harvest time (laughs) gift exchange? You do, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, maybe not. Uh, Well, one of the things about our festival here in town is that Every single attendee must give something as part of sort of a white elephant raffle. The act of giving back and sharing really spreads the harvest tide spirit and praises the overgod of feast, and it provides useful items that brings joy to the townsfolk who get the items. Uh, do you have something to donate? There's another pause, and then the machine's shoulders, with air quotes, kind of goes back and forth, then back and forth, and then it goes back to its original position, and then you hear a chaklunk. And another compartment opens, not in the same compartment where the flyers were. Another one from behind, presumably where... His butt. (laughs) It would have been the... If it was the person, it would be the butt. And then from there, you see on the ground a bedroll and a water skin just plops on the ground. (laughs) And 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 then the compartment closes again, and then... Sure thing. Oh, two gifts from your little back compartment sure thing all right well if you want to just go ahead and take those to the the western street and put them in the chests they'll uh they'll hook you up with a raffle ticket so that way you can, you can get your prize later and even better news you get to pick a mystery grab bag right when you put your gift in the chest isn't that just dandy oh dear no thank you you don't want a mystery grab bag hello hello yes hello great uh-oh. There seems to be some trouble with Uh-oh. my memory and gram matrix. I'm a diagnostic protocol. Just a sec. And then there's a pause. And then one of the arms whank against the, the top of the machine. <laughs> it does a little it does a little jiggle and then Sure thing. And then it grabs the items, puts it back into the compartment in the lower rear portion of the machine, closes the latch. So you'll be taking them over to the chest yourself then? Sure thing. All right, great. <laughs> I'm fucking over this is what the DM just said. <laughs> so I'm going to say you walk over there mm-hmm. and you drop off your gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hand you a raffle ticket that says 0001. 
Sure thing. And that's not a binary joke. It's because you're the first person because you're so early. Got it. And they have a whole like giant multiple trash bags of little tiny uh, mystery gift grab bags. And they open one up to you and they say, thanks for your donation. Take a grab bag. Sure thing. Okay. Uh, Roll, David. Roll a D12. That is a five. Now roll a D100. 67. So close. Mm. You uh, are handed a grab bag and you have been given a piece of parchment in this grab bag. You open it up. There's a piece of parchment with an ink drawing of a centaur. Okay. And that is your trinket that you have received. Hey. But they're careful to remind you that that is just your reward for giving a gift. You will still have to return for the raffle later to get your real gift. I love that we're already getting presents. Like, usually in D&D, it's just so fucking hard to get the DM to give you anything. So um, this is a great way to keep me coming back, Danny. Thank so you, So this Danny. is a trinket, you said? Yes. Okay. We also didn't pick trinkets when we built our characters. So, Gotcha. Uh, you take your drawing, and the person at the table says, Well, have a great day. Hello. The sun now hangs directly overhead, signaling high noon in Remedy. The festivities have officially begun, and the streets are packed with people wearing beads or rings of flowers around their necks, traditional harvest-eyed decorative garb. On the main southern road, a small human child with his face painted like a deer and a comically oversized lollipop in his hand quizzically approaches one of the vendor stalls. Eric, what does the child see? The child sees a human about... Five, seven. He is wearing mismatched shoes, but one is painted to resemble the other. (laughs) As if to imply that they are not mismatched. They are the same. Um, Pants are slightly tattered, also sewn up. Uh, This vendor is carrying a large leather bin, shuffling around between boxes. Uh, he turns and acknowledges the boy. What are you selling here, mister? Well, I'm selling a whole lot of none of your business, child. He takes a lick of his lollipop and goes, well, what is that? Okay, fine. Uh, I'm selling shirts, if you must know. What do they have on them? Uh, grains and heart. I don't know. Stuff that grows, I guess. Grains? Do you want that? A sun, maybe? Why? Okay. Are your parents around? Somewhere. If you can go find them, that would be perfect for me. Why? Because I'd like to sell them some merchandise. They already have a shirt. But not my shirts. Why? I turn around and ignore the (laughs) child. (laughs) You got any candy? I pull out a small acorn from my pocket and throw it at the child. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what are you attempting to, to do with this, with this? What do you want to happen? I want the child to go away. And I'm hoping that an acorn will be mistaken for candy. Uh, and the child will be uh, sufficiently both disrespected and appeased. Okay. Let's roll a... Deception check, then. Love. So that's a d20. 10. 
and then add your modifier from your character sheet? Uh, plus two. Okay, so you wrote a 12 then. Perfect. Uh, sure, this kid is not super smart. Uh, he goes, ooh, candy! And he uh, runs over and he disappears into the crowd. As the kid runs away, uh, you look over to your left and there is a human and a half-orc who are now sharing a stand for both cupcakes and muffins. And they're kind of kind of elbowing each other like, stay on your side! Stay on your side! I'm on my side! One over from them, there is a little robot who seems to be <laughs> flyering, handing out flyers for something you can't really tell. What is actually, are you, do you have anything like in your stall? Like is there anything displayed or are you just standing there with like an empty stall? No, so my stall has some of the graphics from the t-shirts that I am selling. The kid didn't see that, which is why I was annoyed with him. Uh, yeah, and that's it. It's 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 tr- it's kind of covert. There's not a whole lot there. It's not too showy, but enough to be like, oh, I recognize what this booth is selling. Yeah, got it. After a minute, the kid returns with his parents in tow, and he points at you and says, "This is the man who gave me the nasty candy." Uh oh. And the parents, two human parents, look at you quizzically and say, "Did you give our son an?" acorn say it was candy i turn um from lifting the box again and i say hey y'all my name's wait hold on so sorry i don't know what that is my name is actually jared um your son (laughs) was attempting to steal from my booth so what i had to do to save my goods is to distract him, and it seemed to have worked. Um, I'm sorry, acorns are edible, so he was not in any danger of any kind. Real quick, is that your character voice? Um, it sounds very similar to your regular oh, voice. Oh, yeah, I, I don't really have a solid character voice. I will be falling into different accents. Okay. But that's called his character. Yeah. <laughs> is it yeah. his character voice? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah that's part of it i i don't i don't have like a cool. solid yeah. no it's fine yeah the parents consider this information and they look down and they say milton milton were you trying to steal from this man no papa i say liar he's a liar he's a liar <laughs> so now to convince these parents this would be persuasion yeah so again okay. it's a d20 and then you add your modifiers so i rolled a nine with a plus six persuasion. So 15. 15. That's good. The parents look down at little Milton and they say, Now, Milton, you were caught trying to take extra crayons in class the other day. So this does seem to track. This stranger who I've never <laughs> met before, <laughs> what he's saying does seem to track now. No, no, Papa. No, Papa. Now, Milton. No. And Milton runs off into the crowd. And the parents just look at each other and they go, that's our boy. And they chase mm-hmm. off after him. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> and then a goofy <laughs> song plays. Um, as the parents stroll off, Jolliver, the bald dwarf with a short beard, walks by and he uh, comes up to your stand and kind of knocks on the wood where your shirts are and goes, hey there, how's business going? I turn around and say, well, golly gee me, it's going great. Well, that's fan. Fantastic to hear. Now, have you given to the gift raffle yet? I actually have. They you stopped have. by several times this morning. 
So what number ticket did you get? You know, I seem to have misplaced my ticket. You misplaced <laughs> your ticket? Yes. Let me look here. I turn around. I ruffle through some of my luggage. Um, I don't find it. Well, did you sure to get your gift bag trinket when you donated? I actually did not receive one of those. They didn't give you one? No, they did not. Well, lucky you. I just happened to have one of the bags here with me. Let's see what I got in here for you, because you've got a trustworthy face. I can tell. Thank you so much. Eric, roll a d12. Hell yeah. Eight. Now, roll a d100. And the way you can do that is you can roll a d10 twice. So I got a three okay. and a seven. Uh, you open this grab bag that Jolliver hands to you. And you have received a large sum of gold coins. However, upon closer inspection, they are made of bone. But... Without looking so closely, you'd never be able to tell they were fake. So yeah. I inspect them, acknowledging that they're fake, even though very convincing. I am about to, my, my brow furrows, and I'm about to angrily respond until I realize that I can use these to my advantage at a later date. And I quietly put them in my pocket. I say, well, just gee, mister, thank you so much. Anytime. <laughs> And he trots away. That's right, trots. Oh, a horse. <laughs> it's a little later that same afternoon, and the celebration is in full swing. A small crowd has gathered on the Eastern Street to watch a half-elf man in a white tunic and an unusually tall hat singing a song about a horse while playing a lute. Children in paper masks decorated as cats, dragons, and wolves laughingly chase each other while weaving between the foot traffic. At one vendor stand, a man is trying to juggle apples, albeit mostly unsuccessfully. It is into this crowded scene that two more outsiders enter. Jessica? You see two elves. One of them, just body language, is like the most like excited, positive, like just fucking so stoked for this party. And the other one just looks like they could not give less of a shit about being here and just seems generally annoyed. Um, yeah, two two lady elves walking in. So the excited of the two elves, her eyes are darting side to side and she's looking around and she uh, sees the guy trying to juggle, juggle apples and she just giggles and she sees the man in the very, very tall hat and she turns to you and says, isn't this just the best? This is fantastic. This is exactly why I wanted to come here. And this is the best. I'm having so much fun. Aren't you? Cool. Another song about a horse. That's so original. In the distance, you hear the man singing. I'll never have the blues as long as I've got your hooves. <laughs> Ugh, a ballad. Oh, cool. Somebody juggling. How fucking original. Cool. Awesome. Can we go now? Now, you said we could come here, and we're here, and after all I do for you, yeah. isn't it just nice to have a good time for once? Come on, we've been on the road. This is fun. Aren't you having fun? I feel like we have very different opinions as to what a good time is. Well, I think that's true. But you're right. I did promise. So, like, I'm going to let you have this, okay? I'm just going to be here. I'm going to let you have this. What do you want to do? You are suddenly interrupted. You there! You turn to see a 
Carnival Barker, wearing a red and white pinstripe suit, pointing at you from one of the gaming stalls. I just like hard side eye him, just like, what the fuck are you doing? And turn the other way. <laughs> you ladies, I like the cut of your jib. You seem like the type who'll give people the all what for. Some real razzle-dazzlers. Look like you've got the guts and gumption. How about you step right up and pin the tail on the kobold? Which one of you wants to come up here and show these fine folks how it's done? <clears throat> and the shipper of the two elves, her eyes light up, and she kind of glances over at you. If you want to, sure, whatever. Fine. She doesn't wait for you to finish. She turns back and goes, my friend does. What? This, this was not that. You, you do it. You are the All right, one. your friend. Come on up here, young lady. Ugh. We've got to take her, folks. This lady's about to become the Remedy's ultimate pin the tail on the cobalt champion. Fucking. Let's give her a round of applause. So mad. The smattering of applause. And your chipper friend pushes you toward the stage, giggling the whole time. <sighs> what do you want? All right, folks, let's welcome her. What's your name? Uh... Stephanie? Why do you need my name? Did you have to remember it? Ah, I'm just, I'm just ripping you. I'm just giving you the old what for. I use my telepathy to tell Ellie, who is my sidekick, why would you do this? This is horrible. She is laughing hysterically, but like covering her face, like trying not to be boisterous about it, but she's laughing. The carnival barker holds up a red blindfold. He goes, this is the blindfold, folks. You can expect it any which way. It's the real thing, guaranteed. Would you like to inspect the blindfold? And he hands it to you. Tell these fine folks it's real. I just like hold it up and like my hands are kind of up and like I'm sure he wants me to be like, oh, ooh, it's super real. He absolutely does. But I'm I'm holding it up and just kind of like making that like, what the fuck am I doing? Like with my arms, like, okay. <laughs> Fantastic. It's genuine. It's a real thing. Now put it on, young lady, and let's get started. I don't move to put it on, but I'm sure that um, Ellie starts to put it on me very excitedly. Uh, she's she's back in the crowd. She just pushed you up. She's, oh, she's... she's standing back watching all this. Okay. You're up there on your own. So I just like look at her and she's like probably making like an excited face. So I, I put it on and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this for her. I'm like under my breath. I'm going to fucking do this for her. And this is it. But I'm going to fucking get her back so good. So I put on the blindfold. Great. He kind of uh, gently takes you by the shoulders and kind of turns you toward a wall in the stall where there is a painting of a kobold in a field and the kobold is missing his tail. Take a quick peek. Open your blindfold and take a quick peek at this painting. I do. See it. Get a good look at it. Remember it. Memorize it. Get it right there in your mind. Mm-hmm. You got it? Mm-hmm. Now put the blindfold back on. Okay. Blindfold is on. Here we go, folks. We're going to spin her around. Count with me. And he starts spinning you and the whole crowd goes, one. Two, three, as you are spun three times in a full circle. You're now facing the wall. I'm going to hand you the tail. Here you go. And he hands you like a, a paper tail with like a sticky part on one end so you can put it on there. Are you about to do something? Yeah, I was going to cast Guidance on myself, <laughs> which okay. is a cantrip. So I get plus four to any ability roll because I'm just like, okay, w if, if I win something, I'll give it to what's her name and that'll make, that'll make her happy. Maybe we can leave. Uh, all right, so he tells you, now go ahead and pin the tail on that kobold. So let's do perception based on how well you took in the scene before you were spun around. Although I will say do it with disadvantage because you have been spun around and blindfolded. I got, oh shit. Well, I got a crit, so that's not going to. That's not going to happen. And the you... other one is a six plus eight. Plus your D4, right? Uh, plus two, so. 16. Yes. You put it on there pretty good. It's not exact, but you know what? 
it's pretty damn good. It's close. Okay. It's it's just barely missing his butt, but it's right there. <laughs> uh, so you 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 pin this tail on this painted kobold, and he goes, "Wow, folks, it's the closest we've had all day. I think we have ourselves a winner." And the crowd again, kind of they kind of cheer. They're not super into it. They're like, "Oh yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool." How about you pull a prize from our prize bin, young lady? And he kind of points you over to a big uh, a big box full okay. of just little little stuff. So how about you roll me a d12? Eight. Now roll me a d100. That's an eight and a zero. You have received a fabric doll of a city guard, but it has an angry expression on its face. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Cute. Obsessed. And then I uh, I look back at Ellie and I put the doll up next to my face and we have the same expression. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. She does a cheer. She goes, yeah! <laughs> Once again, give her a round of applause. This was, I'm sorry, what was your name? Stephanie. Stephanie, yeah. Now, have you donated to the gift exchange yet? Ah, shit. Uh, did we do that, Ellie? She kind of just shrugs. No. Now, see, here we have the gift exchange. Every harvest tide, you must go donate a gift. Pay homage to the Overgata Feast. If you don't have anything to give, there's maker stations. You can paint, you can draw, you can weave, you can do whatever. I give him... Well, don't give it to me. Oh, okay. Give it to the chest. <laughs> oh, He points. Okay. Where, where's the chest? He points. Over there. I'm okay. a carnival barker, you see? <laughs> Just walk away. <laughs> do you go put something in the chest? Uh, sure. What do you donate? I'll donate my Tinder box. I don't need that shit. Okay. So you uh, hand the, the person working near the chest, you hand them a Tinder box, and they thank you, and they hand you a raffle ticket. And the raffle ticket is number 421. Oh, man. You almost. So close. You just, barely, if you had been a little earlier, you know? I was too busy winning, so... Ellie kind of snatches the ticket out of your hand. She goes, I'll hang on to that because I don't think you would appreciate it. Um, don't you also have to donate? The person working goes, actually, yeah. Hey. <laughs> she starts to look through her bag, but then she glances over at the maker stations nearby. And she's like a, like a drawing station. She goes, I'm going to draw them a picture. Okay. And she hurries over <laughs> and she sketches a picture of a beautiful, beautiful unicorn. And she holds it up <laughs> and she goes, guess what I named it? Oh, no. What did you name it? Stephanie. I don't, I don't care. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of Quest Friends Forever. You can say you knew us when. You got in on the ground floor before our stock took off and we became uber famous and all that stuff. Just kidding. Um, I am Danny. I am the Dungeon Master. You've been listening to my voice this whole time. So we are a brand new podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube for social media. You can also listen to us on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or all those places, which you probably know because you're obviously listening to this right now. So yeah, if you could give us a rating or a comment on Apple or anywhere else, that'd be awesome. Spread the word, tell your friends. That would be very nice of you, and we would love you so, so much, and we'd be so thankful, and we'd be ever in your debt. I don't want to talk too long and take up too much of your time, so let's go ahead and get right back to the episode. Thanks for listening to Quest Friends Forever.
It's now dusk in Remedy. The Harvestide dinner has been served and heartily consumed, and almost all of the patrons have started to convene around the stage in the town square in preparation of the ceremonial gift exchange raffle. Jolliver emerges from the crowd and ascends the small staircase up to the stage, and the crowd briefly applauds. He smiles warmly and begins to speak. Now good evening, my fellow citizens of Remedy. It's time for the Harvest Tide gift raffle. Now as you know, we have chests filled to the brim with items and treasures donated by you good people and our visitors from out of town as well. This process of giving and sharing not only pleases the overgod of Harvest to ensure more bountiful seasons ahead, but it also just provides oodles and oodles of joy, doesn't it? Crowd applause, he says. Now, if our fine volunteers would bring the donation chests up to the stage, we can... Ah! He is cut off by a sudden and chill scream in the distance, followed by more yelling and shouting. His smile disappears and he looks around nervously. The crowd begins to murmur in panic as they all turn to look toward the source of the disturbance, which is coming from the southern street. You see frightened people running toward the square from that direction, yelling, Help! Monsters! Help! Jolliver recoils in fear and takes a few steps back, looking around and stammering. Can, can anyone help? S- stop them! Somebody! Oh my goodness. Now the whole crowd begins to shout and panic, all moving in opposite directions. What do you do? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's basically what I'm doing. I'm going to make a perception check to see what I notice. Okay. Or like, what I if I can see what kind of monsters they are, or how many of they are, that kind of thing. Um, I got an 18. So you definitely see people running in from... So the, again, the way it works is you're in the town square where the stage is. And then there's like four main drags, basically, all in different... There's a northern street, a southern street, an eastern street, and a western street. So these people are running into the town square away from the south. You can't see exactly what's going on because of the the panic and everybody running around and it's kind of far away. But people definitely look afraid and they are freaking out. I'm going to turn to Ellie and be like, okay, should we... Should we? Her eyes are wide like, yes, they gave you a doll. We have to help them. But I mean, you go first though. Uh, I'm, okay. There's As the two of them are standing there, I'm now not sprinting, but moving very fast, just constantly. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I'm running around kind of in circles until I bump into the two of them where I stop and I kind of lean back as if to be looking up and I say, hello. What are you? Hello. Oh my goodness. Hello. Okay. Okay. You, we need to. Okay. Let's go this way. Sure thing. Uh, Val and Jared, you remember that your stalls with your wares are on the Southern Street. Oh, okay. I'm not too concerned with that because the stall that I was using is empty because (laughs) the only thing, if you were to go to take a look at my wares, you would just literally find an empty folding table with nothing on it and me standing in front of it handing out flyers. I did not come prepared with any kind of display or anything. I just was constantly playing loud music and saying hello to people. (laughs) So as soon as this happens, I run towards the southern street entrance in the town square. Mm -hmm. I use my magic hand ledgermain to grab... I grab a small leather pouch hidden underneath the table. Okay. And you do what with it? I put it in my satchel. <laughs> so you use your mage hand to grab it from your stall and then bring it back to you? 
Yes, back to me as I'm hiding at the entrance in the courtyard of the Southern Street to the main okay. court. So people kind of see this this leather satchel just kind of all of a sudden lift up and float above the crowd, the screaming, panicking crowd. So oh my goodness. because because they are distracted, most people do not see. Right, they don't see, but that's that's what we see as the viewer. That's what we <laughs> see as a viewer, yes. Sure. And then is that the the name Ledgermain? Is that your Mage Hand's the, name? The skill is called Mage Hand Ledgermain. Oh, I yeah. thought you named it. I was like, that's really cute. <laughs> oh no, that's 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 the name of the skill. Like, go so, Ledgermain, go go go, go go get it, go go get it, um, good boy. And then simultaneously, because I'm also sort of hidden in this moment, and people are running chaotically, mm-hmm. I take this opportunity to use my Mage Hand Ledgermain and steal. Two coins from two unsuspecting citizens. <laughs> so you're reaching into people's pockets to steal stuff? Yes. Only two individual citizens. And only two coins each. Two coins each. So four total is the goal. Okay. So add four gold pieces to your inventory. Real gold. <laughs> yes. None of that fake gold bullshit. None of that fake shit. None of that fake yeah. gold. Wonderful. Love. So Stephanie is like just fucking loves whatever this fucking robot is and needs to know more about it and is just super stoked and that's weird for her because usually she's she doesn't give a shit about anything but ellie is like okay let's go help people so i'm just like okay okay let's go so while people are running away i'm gonna like sneakily try to go over to like the south part of town I don't want people to see me running and being a hero and being like, I will save you. I'm just the most low key, like, don't fucking look at me. I'm just going to go see what's up. Okay. So you're not in too much of a hurry. Also, the whole time since I bumped into her, I'm still waiting for an acknowledgement for my greeting. So the whole time I'm (laughs) almost like, almost like a scary kid holding on to his mom's t-shirt kind of thing. I'm that close to just at her side the entire time. Just hello. Hello. So I'm trying to sneak into the southern area to see what's happening, but my sneaking doesn't work at all because there's just this fucking robot following me just going, hello, 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 How can I help hello. you today? How can I and, help you today? And, <laughs> and while she heads in that direction, or while they head in that direction, rather, and she is distracted, I attempt a third try at Magic Hand Ledgermain. In an attempt to steal money, I end up stealing that little plush toy. Oh, doll. no, you're going to have to roll for that bullshit. Can I roll? Sweetheart. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it would be uh, against her passive perception. 11. What is your passive? My passive is 18. So, like, I see this happening. What the fuck? And, like, so you kinda... you look down as you're kind of trying to weave in out of this crowd, and you notice your bag has been opened, and the doll is, like, starting to lift out of it slowly. My perception, My passive perception is 15, so I also notice it. Oh dear. No thank you. Oh dear. No thank you. <laughs> and and my robotic hand comes up and grabs the doll as it's kind of starting to float and basically kind of swats it back into the bag. As if I'm I'm a little helper now. I'm helping like, ah, I saved it. It's now back in your bag. And then I look up and that's what I do the Greetings. I am a variant South Psionic Altonian Lexo Transceiver Unit, model number XFCED001. But you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. This whole town is running around screaming and panicking for their lives right now, by the way. Right, but I yes. just, I just yeah. helped the friend that I just met. This is what's happening in Stephanie's brain. So I'm like saying this like basically to Ellie. I'm like, that doll is haunted or possessed. What the <laughs> fuck? And there's this, what the fuck is this metal person in front? Okay, like 
we have a lot to do, but like I can't. Uh, and like I'm just like I I turn and like hello, follow, c- c- come here. And I I sure still thing. just like I'm going down the going down there and trying to find whatever monsters or whatever is happening. And you follow Val. Yes. So Stephanie, Ellie, and Val are now headed toward the danger. Are you still hiding, Jared? No, I actually am determined, so I follow behind, <laughs> hoping that they get distracted enough, at which point I will attempt to steal from them again. So I am quietly following behind them towards the danger. Got it. You move down the southern street, and you find a group of six humanoid skeletons causing mayhem. These oh skeletons goodness. are knocking over tables breaking vendor stalls, swinging their swords at civilians caught in their path. What do you do? Was one of those stalls mine? Yes. You were okay. at the very, very end where they put right. you. So when they're flipping over other things, I don't really acknowledge. I mean, like, obviously something's happening and I'm, I'm sticking by my new best friend that I just met right now who's going to protect me from whatever's happening right now. But also at the same time, as soon as I see them flip over the one single completely empty folding table that was assigned to me, because it was assigned to me for my purpose for being in this town, now suddenly I won't take it. Oh dear. No, thank you. And I start kind of, you see the the little machine sort of start getting riled up. It starts sort of like vibrating and, and jostling. And it like, you could tell it, it's like a, a puppy dog who wants to go into the, down the stairs, but doesn't know how to go down the stairs, but really wants to go down the stairs. That's sort of like the gesturing that this little, this little metal box robot is starting to do. Like it wants to go fight. Stephanie is going to cast Shillelagh on my quarterstaff, and I want to go up and hit one and try to, like, bat the head off. Okay, yeah, you can get a surprise round, because, like I said, it's it's a whole big crowd of people still running around kind of in panic and chaos, so they don't necessarily know that these people are coming here to fight them, right? Because they just see the crowd of people. So, yeah, sure, take a surprise round at one of them. Okay, so my bonus action is to cast Shillelagh on my quarterstaff. And then the closest one to me, I'm going to whack. I rolled a 14. That's plus six with my shillelagh. You hit. Um, uh, so that's 12 damage. So you don't knock it clean off. You knock it 99% off. It is still <laughs> oh, barely attached by a, like, it's off and sideways. Ew. But it is, like, attached like like a string, essentially, like, dangling now. And it spins around. And the head kind of whoosh, right, at the spin Mm -hmm. and sees you. And at this time, all the other skeletons notice this as well. And they now realize that you are a threat and it is time to fight. Except Jared. Jared, what are you doing? Uh, I am waiting to see what happens quietly back. I have no investment in these characters. However, it looks like they're outnumbered. So I decide I will do a good thing and join them in the fight. So you... Run up now? I run up now, yes. Okay. Then everybody roll for initiative. This will be a fun exercise in learning how to fight in this game. It's almost like I put it in here for that reason. Can you believe? It's almost as if somebody's orchestrated this entire narrative. Interesting. So let me set the scene. Stephanie, you are already up in the shit because you have run up to hit one of these skeletons. So basically what we're looking at is there are two skeletons on the left that have swords. There are two skeletons on the right, kind of of this like avenue, right? 
two on the left that have swords, two on the right that have swords, and two about 10 feet behind them that have wands. Hmm. Which you one are currently I uh, one of the ones on the left. Okay. So you are in the group at the left right now. Uh, is uh, Ellie is also right there with you, like right behind you. She's definitely behind you, and she's kind of pushing you forward, but she's there. How okay. far is the collective group away from the front for swordsmen? So Stephanie and Ellie are right there. Right up, right up in it, because she went up and hit one already. Yeah, and I'm right, I'm right there with them. Is right, right with them. So the three of them are grouped up with the skeletons on the left. You are coming from behind, so you can tell me your direction of approach. Okay. Like if you, if you want to join them and all be in together in a cluster, you want to go to the right, you want to aim for the ones in the back, it's going to be up to you on your turn. Is it my t- It's not my turn. Not, not yet. Uh, okay. Stephanie is first in the order. Okay. I'm going to hit that guy again. <laughs> okay. Same one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have to finish the job. Okay. Ooh, that's a five plus six, 11. So somehow you don't hit him. <laughs> After nearly knocking this skeleton skull completely off, you take another swing and you just whiff, just air. And now, since it is the sword skeleton's turn, they are going to take a swing just right back at you because you almost knocked their whole head off. 15 to hit? Oh, he misses. He is like, he's not all calibrated right because his head is like at a different angle now. He is seeing upside down. Yeah. yeah. So he kind of swings the wrong direction to get you. Uh, but his friend who is with him will also take a swing at you, Stephanie. That's a crit. Oh, shit. So he definitely gets you while you're dodging Hangy Head Boy. Unfortunately, it's going to do 10 points of damage. Oh, shit. The skeletons on the right see this happen. And they walk over to join this. So now all four of the sword skeletons are clustered up on the three of you, minus Jared. And it's just a whole big thing now. The first of these groups of skeletons is going to take a swing at the confusing metal robot that he has never (laughs) seen before in his life, his skeleton life. He Uh rolled a four to hit. That is a negative. I would imagine it would be. So maybe he, he just takes a swing and it just clangs off of you like... In a comedic moment of lack of strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He swings he very weakly, and it's just clang. And the clang is quite loud. And the skeleton that was with him, number four, looks at the skeleton, looks at the robot for an eight to hit, which is also probably not Also enough. negative. Also, again, clang. Yeah. Nothing. And then from that point, the robot shoulders, sh- if, if they were shoulders, shift from one to the other one to the other one to the other one. And it's just a weird, awkward moment between the three of them. Just these two skeletons (laughs) and this robot like, uh, yeah. Uh, Right. Great. Jared, it's your turn. I'm still a little ways off, but I'm still on the approach. And as I approach, I pull out my short bow and an arrow. What do you do with it? I shoot an arrow at the skeleton person with their head nearly off. I aim for the neck. 17. That's going to hit. Ooh, baby's first attack roll. This is so exciting. Uh, (laughs) The damage is five. So you take out your short bow and you fire pretty expertly into this crowd when there's a lot of people kind of grouping up. And this arrow pierces through the sliver of neck meat the skeleton has left. And his head pops clean off and flies into the air. And the body just crumbles into bones on the ground. Gorge. We love it. Very love cool. to see it. We love to see it. Ellie is kind of, actually, Ellie is definitely behind Stephanie, kind of pushing her forward, 
and kind of like, like I'm here, but oh gosh, this is not my scene kind of thing. <laughs> so trying to keep her body as much behind Stephanie as possible, Ellie pulls out her longbow and tries to aim it around Stephanie's shoulder to take a shot <laughs> at one of these skeletons in this group here. So a close range longbow attack. She rolled a 16 plus four for a 20, which will hit. She does seven points of damage to the skeleton that was immediately next to the now headless one. Hell yeah, girl. So that skeleton now has an arrow somehow lodged in its ribs. They just hit the bone and got halfway through the bone and is now just lodged in there. The two skeletons in the back that have wands are going to go. The one closest to Val and Jared's stands where they, their stalls were lifts his wand at Stephanie, since she is the one who has done the most damage to his Skelebros, and fires out of his wand a firebolt. It's a seven to hit. Nope. So, the firebolt sails past you, just over your head, and it hits a wall and leaves a black scorch mark on the stone wall behind you on this avenue. The other wand skeleton, sensing that someone's here to wreck their shit, kind of looks around and they are going to grab a passerby and pull them in and put their arm around them and now they have a hostage in front of them oh my goodness oh shit okay and he looks at you and also doesn't do anything because he's a skeleton and can't talk val you're up well i was going to do something but now that you did that i'm not going to do it i know the hostage changes my entire approach Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> a little bit shit how far apart are the one boys in the back and the skeleton boys that are near us so the ones that are up on you are like right up on you within five feet. About 10 feet behind them are the one skeletons and they are standing five feet apart. Everyone's all pretty close. It's pretty tight quarters here. So I'm going to cast a cantrip on the one in the back with the wand, but not the one that took the hostage, the one standing right next to him. I'm going to cast Vicious Mockery, okay. which is during a fight, I do this. Let's drop the base. <laughs> And by doing so, that target has to succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take a 1d4 psychic damage and have disadvantage on the next attack roll. So I have to succeed on a wisdom save? Correct. So it's just a really offensive song. I'm You're... psyching you out with my fat beats. <laughs> it's WAP. You play WAP. That's what it is. Yeah. And everybody in town goes, that's inappropriate. <laughs> Ooh, a wisdom save is not the skeleton specialty because mm -hmm. it's a skeleton. He rolled a one. Okay. Not a crit one. Okay. A two minus one. So he fails. Uh-huh. So, so how much I'm damage do I take? Three damage. Okay. Stephanie. Um, it's a bonus action to do this. So I'm going to use Misty Step to get out of the shit. And then I go over to behind the skeleton that has the hostage. And I'm going to I'm gonna try to like disarm him. How should I disarm him is the thing. I mean, you could disarm him. Ah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to disarm him. <laughs> okay. So tell me how you want to do that. Teleport behind him and I'm going to try to hit his arm off with my quarterstaff. Here we go. That's a 15 plus uh, six. It okay. <laughs> and that's another eight plus four. So that's 12. So again, he does not crumble. He does not try to say goodbye and choke and walk away and stumble. <laughs> but Naturally. that is a big hit, and you knock his arm 
absolutely off. The arm wow. crumbles Fuck to dust. yeah. And feeling this, the hostage kind of like lunges forward and goes, ah, ah, and runs off into the crowd. Well done. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Your teleporting away has now left Ellie out in the open. Oh, and no. since these skeletons are not super smart, they just see the spot where the attacker was. And now they see Ellie, who is holding a longbow. So our sword friends will take a swing at Ellie. It does hit. <gasps> Ellie's going to take a, a bit of a boo-boo here <gasps> for five damage. Okay. Poor baby. Is that good or bad? Is that a lot? At early levels? Like how, how many hit points do you have, Eric? 18. So Ooh. that's almost like a third of your health. <laughs> if that was you. Oh, that is a lot. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, well, actually, I'm not even invested, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know these people. <laughs> the other two who earlier clanged off of Val, they're just going to try it again because they don't understand what they're even doing. But is it a thing? Is it? A, uh, they don't really know what's going on here. When I see that the skeleton's arm go up to hit me again. Oh, my goodness. The first roll is a 10 against armor class. No. Clang! Second roll is a 19 against armor class. Ouch. <laughs> you're going to take three piercing damage. Okay. So instead of trying to take a swipe and clang off the side, this one like pokes at you. I don't get stabbed per se, but because I have sort of like compartments, so where the latch meets the other piece of metal, the blade is just kind of wedged inside of that yeah, open it, crack. Yeah, it bends one of your latches, and yeah. now you're kind of a little dented. Jared. Yes. What would you like to do? Okay, so... I'm going to go ahead and use my chromatic orb spell mm -hmm. from afar. This chromatic orb is cold-based, so it freezes, or attempts to freeze, rather, all of the skeletons. Can I do all of them? Is that crazy? It's a chromatic orb. It's sitting on top. Wait, okay. How far can I go? <laughs> you fire. It's a single orb. The range is 90 feet. You can fire it up to 90 feet away, but it's one orb. It's like a, but it's I, like a baseball. Yeah. Oh, and then that orb, it's not like... It's not like an omni. It's not a sphere. No, it's like a it's like an orb you have in your hand, like a baseball, and you would chuck it basically. Oh, it's oh. gonna hit somebody and hurt them. Okay, can I change my answer? Sure. Okay, perfect. It's not cold. It's lightning. It is cool. a lightning orb. I throw it directly at the skeleton who has the arrow stuck in his uh, side. Okay. Assumedly, that arrowhead is ha contains some kind of lead or metal, correct? Sure. Perfect. Okay. So I cast it there. The lightning extends through the arrowhead at the back too as well. If it hits. That's okay, my so goal. Okay, you're trying to conduct electricity through this arrow. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. Yes, I am, Your Honor. That's fun. Sure. So how do you cast chromatic orb? <laughs> okay, you hate it. Oh my God, you hate the idea. Um... <laughs> I literally have nothing to lose in this fight. It's so good. I, I love this. I love it. So you roll a d20 first to see if you hit. Oh, no. Seven. Wow. <laughs> so you fire. You have this amazing plan. You line it up. You do like the eyeball test. Your tongue's kind of out to the side as you line it up. And it just sails on you. It just sails out of your hand. Way too high. Over the buildings. Just disappears behind a bunch of buildings in town. I quietly say to myself, see, this is why I don't help people. <laughs> Okay, so is my turn over? Is that yes. crazy? Uh, you can oh. move. Okay, I run, despite my integral hatred of people, generally, I run towards the battle, assuming 
if I leave, it could be the end for what appear to be kind-hearted people. Also, I do want to try to steal from them at some point, so there's that in mind. <laughs> so that whole idea, I'm like, fuck, I guess I'll go. So I'm 30 feet away, approximately. For the remainder of my turn, I approach the full 30 feet. I am now present, a part of it, acknowledged by everyone involved. We call that in the shit. I'm in the shit. Ellie is up. Ellie has just been struck by one of the swordsmen, the swordsman with an uh, arrow in his ribs that just survived a possible chromatic orb attack. And she is Thanks going for to... rubbing it in. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Still at short range. She doesn't want to switch to her sword. She's afraid of it would take too long. So she just fires off another arrow at the same guy for six damage in his other rib. And upon taking this arrow, instantly crumbles. His bones fall apart. He is now a pile of bones on the ground, no longer coherent or cohesive or alive. The magic wand users are next. The one who is now missing an arm and is just kind of hanging on by a thread is going to turn to Stephanie and cast Ray of Frost. Oh, no. For a 15 against armor class. I dodge it. He like turns around because he's just like, what the fuck happened? And he casts it before he turns fully around. And so then kind of in a circle. Misses. Yeah. Yeah. You duck under it like Neo. It's a whole Obviously. matrix scene. Yes. Yeah. It looks so cool. Oh my God. I wish people could see this in a visual medium because it looks just so cool. I just Gun like in. tore this guy's arm off and then like dodged his attack and was like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> the second wand skeleton who now has been verbally assaulted by this robot. <laughs> so he turns to Val and he casts Firebolt and he does so with disadvantage because of Vicious Mockery. 12 against armor class. Nope. These skeletons suck. He goes to aim at you and then he remembers what you said, remembers the lyrics of WAP and he says, macaroni in a pot and he just misses entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Val is next. You're up. This is absolutely mitigating, and I apologize, but I'm going to move to where 15-foot cube originating from me encompasses those two skeletons and not Ellie. You can do that, although moving away would grant them an attack of opportunity on you. From both of them? One of them. Yeah, why not? I'm going to try it. Okay. So as you go to move, the skeleton rolls a 14 against armor class? Negative. Wow. Clang! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. So oh, go you. ahead and make your move. Okay, so by doing so, now I'm going to cast Thunder Wave. Which means this is also going to hit the Wand Skeletons and Stephanie. Oh, I didn't know that they were also I that said close to me. Dude, it's fine. Just do it. You don't know. Yeah, it's you don't cool. know. Do it. You already, play, you okay, already fine, decided. I'll do it. Okay, so I'll do Thunder Wave, which is must make a constitution saving throw. Okay. I got a 15. So Stephanie succeeds. Sword Skeletons rolled a 5. So they fail. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wand. Crit failed. So we're all going to take some damage. How much damage do we take? So it's a 2d8 thunder damage. It is pushed 10 feet away from me. But if you succeed, you take half that damage and are not pushed. So I'm going to roll 2d8, which is a total of 10. So Stephanie takes 5 damage and stay still. The skeletons take 10 damage and get pushed away 10 feet from me. So... Val walks into the center of this kind Wait, of... Wait, I didn't do it. Let's drop the base. <laughs> you do that for every attack? I thought you did that just for Vicious Mockery. Doesn't matter. Okay. It's a very popular song. Thank you very much. It's a big hit at the discotheque. Val walks to the center of this area and 
emanates this cube of electricity from their body. The one-armed skeleton just gets pushed into Stephanie a little and just crumbles. Gone. The other one skeleton is pushed back into a wall and the force causes them to crumble. They are gone. The sword skeletons, skeletons, excuse me, <laughs> skeletons, skeleti, skeletors, they are pushed back 10 feet and they are hurt, but they still have some fight left in them. Big move. Wow. So, Stephanie, you are up. You are not phased by this push, but you take a little bit of a uh, little bit of electricity damage there. Ouch. The only remaining things in this scene now there's a very uh, probably proud of themselves robot in the center of the square, <laughs> and just on the other side of them there are two weak-looking sword skeletons near Ellie. Okay, um, the thing about me though is I'm done fucking around. Like I'm just I'm just done. Okay, so. I'm going to use wild shape and I'm going to turn into a brown bear. And because I am circle of the moon, it's a bonus action. So then I'm going to run up on both of them and I get multi-attack. I, I now look in the direction of my new friend, Stephanie, and she's not there. But now there's a bear there. And so I say, hello, hello, hello. So, okay, I'm going to multi-attack. I'm going to... I'm going to bite and claw. Um, so big giant bear. From the uh, crowd you hear, oh my God, a bear! <laughs> um, okay, so that first one for the bite attack is 10 damage. So you're biting the skeleton? Yeah. Where? On its head. So you rear up and you bite the skeleton's head and you literally bite it all the way off. It's gone and the skeleton's body crumbles into a pile of bones in front of you. Oh my goodness. And then I'm going to turn to its friend and swipe with my claws. Do that. For a crit fail. Nope. <laughs> so okay. it was going to be really cool. I was just, Wah! and maybe like I choked on some of the, some of the skull that's in my mouth. Just <laughs> That is what happened, actually. Yeah. As you go to swipe at this other <laughs> skeleton, you rear your arm back and then you go, <laughs> Because you have a skull stuck in your bare throat. <laughs> and you don't even get the swing off. And I need you to go ahead and take three points of choking damage. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> this is such relatable content. So relatable. Can Val run up behind the bear to try to hit the bear's back? A sort of like a pseudo hybrid maneuver on a bear? On your turn. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I can't assist. I can't assist. No. Remember, it's all happening simultaneously. I know. So you're still, you just got finished casting your thunder. The skeleton who just almost had his entire body torn apart is going to swing at this big, horrible bear in front of him for a 19 against armor. Yep. For five points of bear damage. Okay. And then it is Jared's turn. Hi. Hello. There's one remaining skeleton who's face to face with this big, terrible bear. Perfect. So since I just showed up, I am now being seen by all of these people. I don't say anything. I pull out my short sword and I attempt to attack its weakest point, which is its ankles. And by that, I mean the skeleton, not the bear. Good. Okay. <laughs> Thank yes. you for I'm clarifying. Not, yes, I want to make sure. Um, so I attempt to attack, hoping to swipe all the way through, but I'm attacking with the skeleton's left ankle. Sure. Roll to attack. I rolled an eight with a plus four. Okay, so I rolled a 12. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Now I roll a six-sided die. I'm getting the hang of this. Six-sided die for how much damage, right? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. You're you guys like are a pro. Oh, I'm my so God. I'm so fucking good at this game. Can you believe this? It's very good. I roll a four, but I have a plus two, so it's a six. You cut right through that stupid ankle bone. The skeleton kind of tilts momentarily because he's now uneven and with his tilt falls backwards onto the ground. And when he hits the ground, his bones shatter into dust and he is now a pile of bones on the ground. The bone threat has been eliminated. You have defeated the skeleton menace. What do you say? Do you have like a cool catchphrase that you say after that? Like ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Do you have a pair of sunglasses that you put on just prior to finishing that statement? In a very uncharacteristic callback to something that does not exist in this universe, <laughs> I stand up, I put my sword back in its sheath, and I say, did I do that? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, cool. I turn myself back into not a bear. And then when, when she does that, the robot kind of jostles a little bit. It goes, like, you can tell it's excited now. Hello. Hello. Because its friend is back and the bear is gone. And then the robot also turns towards this new person. Hello. Hello. How are you? Greetings. I am a Varian's Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexo Transceiver Unit, model number XFCED001. But you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. Hello, Val. It's okay to meet you, I suppose. I then turn to Stephanie and I say hello. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Somebody that doesn't just say hello. Hello. Literally said hello and nothing else. <laughs> yes. That's it. Hello. I interrupt their conversation by also responding with, hello. Um, you're welcome. Cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, also, <laughs> also, you're welcome because um, I think that that was like a joint effort. I was only here to get my stuff. I then turned to my left. We were right in front of my tent. And I start loading. I, I go behind the table and start grabbing my things. The robot also excitedly follows behind. And as he starts putting stuff into boxes and stuff, I say, How can I help you today? And I start grabbing stuff next to him and also start putting it into the box with him. How can I help you today? <laughs> I casually <laughs> kick my right foot back and push the robot. There's no tact. There's no being delicate. I'm just grabbing stuff with a metal non-finesse hand of a robot and just tossing stuff into the box, probably breaking some things. Don't I... worry. You can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. And just chucking stuff in his box with him. <laughs> I, I, I look to Stephanie and I say, does this thing have an off switch? I do a perception check to see, <laughs> to see if I see an off switch. I got a 25. I don't think there's an off switch, is there, Val? I'm afraid that information is not available at the moment. <laughs> um, so as you don't turn worry. Toward Ellie, you can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. As you turn toward Ellie, <laughs> a crowd has started to gather now that the menace is gone and it is safe. And they're all kind of looking around. You're kind of whispering like, oh, they got, they got the skeleton. They killed the skeletons. Oh, the skeletons. Oh, the he uh, he heroes? heroes? Do they, do they, are they heroes? What? Val and stops chucking stuff into the box, notices the crowd gathering, and immediately runs to the nearest person. Greetings. I am a Varian's Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexo Transceiver Unit, model number XFCED. While this is happening, the latch in the front of the robot pops open, and 
Val immediately starts grabbing flyers from this and starts handing them out <laughs> oh to people. Oh my god. D001, but you can call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. The confused townsfolk of Remedy, who just almost died because of skeletons, are now seeing this robot throw flyers into the air or something. Let's get this party started. They're not. We have a, we have a dance party. We have a dance they're party. Not, they're not dancing fight. at all because they are terrified and almost died. <laughs> As the crowd kind of starts like, right, and kind of like looking at you guys, Ellie steps forward and goes, yes, it was me. I did it. I led this team and I I did it. And you can all give me the credit. Just me and my team, but me. And kind of looks back I, at, at Stephanie and winks. And I'm going to like look at you and be like, she does this. It's great. Just just let her do her thing. And uh, do you need help? Um. Eric, what is your character? Jeff. Oh, Jared. I, I don't Jared. Know. Jared. Okay. Do you need help? Like, she, she's got this covered. It's cool. She does this all the time. To confirm with the crowd and to take the eyes off of myself and Stephanie, I respond to the crowd and I say, yes, it was all Ellie. I saw it with my own eyes. She single-handedly took care of all of the menaces who were here to destroy that of which is this beautiful Harvest Festival. And she's standing in the square, just beaming. Yes. When I hear this, I jump in front of him and I say, "Oh dear, no, thank you." As if to say, <laughs> "That's not true." And I look at the crowd and I say, "Oh my God, we are so lucky that you were here, Ellie. Thank you so much." Oh my I goodness. Saved you, Remedy. Oh dear, no, thank you. Rudely interrupting. I want to do a perception check on Val to see if I can find its speaker. How's this? Oh, dear. No, thank you. So you turned it down somehow. You covered up the subwoofer. I, I used one of your flyers oh, no, and, like, you. duct taped it to the side of your... Fantasy hello. duct taped it hello. to the side hello. of... Uh, to where it is. Hello. Hello. So hello. you're a little bit muffled. And I look at you, oh, Val. I make this, shh, be quiet. It's okay. And I, like, wink and do the, like, thumbs up. Sure thing. And then I'm quiet now. <laughs> Jolliver runs into the scene full speed. And stops, and his hands are on his knees, and he's panting. Another group of skeletons. They came. The Western Street took all the chests, all the gifts. They're gone. All the gifts are gone. Ah! <laughs> and he wails in despair. And behind him comes an elderly human woman. She approaches the carnage, dressed in a smart dark blue suit, walking Ooh. slowly with a fancy-looking cane with an ivory handle. And the crowd kind of parts as she approaches. Everyone who's kind of gathered and kind of whispering, they see her and they kind of part to allow her to walk up. And she says, Oh, dear. Oh, no. What has happened here? Jolliver, you said they took the gifts? Yeah. The gifts. They're gone. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. And... She looks over at Ellie, who's standing proudly in her Captain Marvel hands on the hip pose and walks very gingerly up and extends her, her free hand. Dearie, I want to thank you for helping save this town today. You've done us a, a great service. And Ellie says, it was my pleasure. Killing it. She looks back and she gives you like a really quick like thumbs up like, ha. are you a leader of some kind of team? Is this like a super team or what is this? Just say, you're just, just doing your duty. Just do what you do, man. <laughs> just doing my duty. Doing what I do, man. 
since I have now one of my own flyers uh, forced over my subwoofer exhaust hole, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I can sense what's happening is a lie. And that's odd. I don't know if that's really a nice thing to do now that we just save these people that we're going to lie to them. So I run over and in a swift move, grab Stephanie's hand and charge towards the old lady, dragging Stephanie along the way and then sort of gesturing her almost almost running into Ellie and then pointing at Stephanie and with my, with the, and just going, and just going, uh, well, we, uh, we were here. Ellie immediately steps in front of you and goes, yes, uh, the, these are my helpers. They did a great job and they did a wonderful job assisting me. Ellie, who did it? And that guy too. <sighs> I just panicked. Is this pointing, yeah, pointing I'm to pointing me? back to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, at this point, through this entire process, have not been paying attention. I've been quietly trying to get out of this with all of my things. I then turn to address the crowd, and I say, I am not with them. Um, (laughs) But as I say this, a short sword covered in bone dust falls out of my (laughs) hat. (laughs) To which most people see it and can acknowledge that I am lying. And the crowd, oh, he's got got bone dust on his sword. Bone dust. Yeah, fine. I was only here at the end. The old woman nods and she goes, well, you're all due credit in my book. You've saved us today. My name is Mabel. I am the mayor of Remedy. And I know you just have done a great deed here. But if I can be so bold as to ask you to do one more. And Ellie turns and looks back at Stephanie like, uh. Just take the attention. Take it. Take it. I reach up. I rip off the flyer from my subwoofer and I very proudly. How can I help you today? (laughs) I I interject and I say, how much are you willing to pay? Now, now, now she's piqued my interest. I've stopped what I'm doing. Yes, we are a team, in fact. And yes, we do work on commission. So if you're willing to match our rates, we'd happily help you with whatever it is you'd need us to do. I love this. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Mabel nods and goes, I'm sure we can find a way to compensate you. We can give you anything you want (laughs) within reason. (laughs) Sorry, I have an old cough. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm old you see our our nice little town of remedy we don't have a militia so great bold adventurers like yourselves would be our only hope the group of skeletons the other group of skeletons appear to have taken all of the harvest tide gifts they've ruined our festival our yearly annual party to honor the overgod of feast our citizens will have no gifts to bring them joy and I'm fearful that the Overgod will understand this as a slight and will not bless us with his blessings. Could you be so bold as to retrieve our chests? How can I help you today? I push my hand towards Val, trying to hush the robot. (laughs) Um, I then ask, if we were to say do this, will we be guaranteed free lodging and food on top of a small finder's fee? You can have anything you want <laughs> within reason. <laughs> oh, sorry, my cough. I'm so old. <laughs> I, I then turn to look at Stephanie. I wink. I turn back around and I say, 
a medium finder's fee and room and board along with food for a year. I kind of gesture upwards as if I'm looking up at him and I kind of pause and I look at Stephanie and then I look back at Jared and I go, don't worry, you can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. Cool. Yeah. I love this. I love this so much. And I <laughs> like when you turn back to me and you're like, I fucking got this. I'm just like, I'm here for this. Because yes. I know that like you don't necessarily care overall, but I want to make it clear that like I'm I'm about to get us something. Like I don't know you, but like play along. We pl- please play along for my sake because I'm trying to leverage whatever the fuck. Yeah. Perf. Cool. So Ellie steps forward alongside of Jared. Reward or not, we are on the case. You can trust us. We have got this. You got it. We're on it. I cut her off. I say, <laughs> reward guaranteed. We are on the case. Do not worry. Well, yeah. it sounds like you're the heroes we need. It seems that the skeletons carried the items off in the direction of the local graveyard, which I suppose makes sense if you think about it. <laughs> It's just a few miles outside of town, if you would be so kind as to investigate. If you don't have horses, we can loan you some and a cart to bring the chest back. What time is it? It was dusk when the gift exchange was set to start, when the panic happened. So now it's been a few minutes. So it's fantasy seven o'clock. Okay, I tell Ellie, hey, yeah, let's like chill for tonight and then we'll go get him tomorrow. We would love to chill for tonight and then go get them tomorrow. Oh, dear. I fear about paying inadequate tribute to the overgod of feast if we postpone it too long. It's supposed to happen today. It's harvested. It must happen today. Our crops, all of our crops will be lost. Reshfi. <laughs> yes, I, I jump in. I say double that finder's fee and we can have it to you by morning. You drive a hard bargain, but I will do anything to save this town's harvested. You got cool. it. Sonny, cool. you've got yourself a deal. She holds out a very frail hand to shake yours. The robot comes up in front of him, cutting him off to grab her hand and says, Greetings. I am a Varian Alpha Psionic oh Altonian Lexotransfer <laughs> no, unit, you. model number XFCED001. But you can call uh-huh. me Val for short. Great. It's great to meet you. I'm too old to have these long conversations. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more. Don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think, whoa, that didn't age well? Or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think, did we really need this? Honestly, same. same. That's why we started the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. That's Jessica Tercero. And that's Eric Lefebvre. Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like... The patriarchy. Systemic racism. Harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations. And really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. 
That's Nostalgia spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it? Not nostalgia. Like nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not nostalgia. <laughs> Follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye! Bye.